Amen. Sweetly broken, powerful song, especially as we look at the story of Moses today, a man who was, was broken, who God used mightily. So it's, uh, it's amazing how we can uh, line those things up. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. Let me pray for us as we look at God's word this morning. God, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for the fact that, just like Moses, many of us are sweetly broken, Father, but you can use us in such mighty ways. Father, we praise your name for that. Thank you for using us, as simple as we are, as average as we are, as broken as we are. Father, I pray that as we look at your word this morning, that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart, Father. And that we will not just be hearers of the word this morning, but we will truly be doers of it as well. I ask this all in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you here uh, this morning. If you've been with us uh, the past few weeks, as Pastor Barry already alluded to, uh, we are in a series called Profiles, Finding Purpose from the Past. And we've been looking at various characters the past few weeks, and we will continue to do so um, throughout the next few weeks, looking at various characters uh, throughout the Old Testament. One of the people that we turn our attention to this morning is Moses. We look at the story of Moses and this one snapshot, and again, there are only snapshots of the verses we read, we've read. But we look at Moses and we go, here's a guy who didn't look like he had much potential in life, but God ended up using him mightily. If you remember the story of Moses in a, in a quick glimpse, Moses was uh, born a Hebrew and uh, at the time, the king was killing all the firstborn sons. And so if you remember the story from Sunday school or, or wherever, they put Moses in a basket and they pushed him down the river. And he was raised. And as, when he was grown up, talked about how he went out and he saw uh, an Egyptian and a Hebrew fighting. Uh, fighting a Hebrew. And so what he did was he killed the Egyptian. He buried him. And then he fled to Midian as for fear that uh, he would get caught. And so then he's in Midian, now he's a shepherd. Now he's a shepherd. You look at Moses and you go, uh, you look at him in a snapshot and you think, well, he doesn't really, he's not one of those guys that you would think that God would use. He doesn't have some kind of theological degree. He didn't have a huge list of accomplishments. In fact, a lot of the decisions he made up to this point have been pretty bad. If we look at uh, the stories of many of the other people in God's word, we realize that there are a lot of people who had a lot of inadequacies in their life, and they were used by God. It almost seemed like God preferred people like that. They weren't perfect. They didn't have a huge list of accomplishments. In fact, many of them had many issues, made a lot of bad decisions. When you look at the profiles of the people in the Bible, you, you realize, for instance, that Abraham lied. Sarah laughed at God's promises. John Mark was rejected by Paul. Timothy had ulcers. Rahab was a prostitute. Jacob was a liar. David had an affair. Solomon was too rich. Abraham was too old. David was too young. John was self-righteous. Naomi was a widow. Paul was a murderer. So was David and Moses. Jonah ran from God. Miriam was a gossip. Gideon and Thomas both doubted. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. Elijah was burnt out. John the Baptist was a loudmouth. Martha was a worrywart. Mary was accused of being lazy. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Moses had a short temper. So did Peter and Saul and Paul. Noah got drunk. Peter was afraid of death. And Lazarus was already dead. You look at these people, the profiles of the people, and you go, well, how can, what can we learn from these people? We learn just like Moses that God uses people. 
mighty ways, despite how average or ordinary they might be, about how, despite how many bad decisions they may have met, made. That should give us good news, church. Gives us hope that we qualify for God's service just the way we are. Why? Because God specializes in broken vessels, as we sang this morning. So we look at Moses. We look at a man who doesn't look like he would amount to much, but did. To understand the story, we really have to look at not just the verses we read this morning, verses 7 through 12, but really what was happening up to that point. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there. Exodus 3. It'll also be on the screen behind me, but we need to really start at verse 1 of Exodus 3. Exodus 3, 1. It says, Now Joseph was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Understand, it's been a long time since God spoke to Moses. He was older now. He was married. He had kids. And it was just an ordinary day. He was tending the sheep. That's how God works, though, doesn't he? Without warning, he speaks to people. Ordinary days. Maybe he's going to speak to you today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe it's on the bus ride tomorrow and you sit next to somebody who asks you a question about your own life. And you realize, hey, here's an opportunity for me to share my faith. Maybe you realize, hey, I have a special skill or, or something I can get involved in service at the church, ministry. Maybe my, 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 my kids are asking me questions. Or maybe there's a certain opportunity in life. There's that nudge on your shoulder. We've all felt it. You should go talk to this person. You should go pray with that person. You should get involved here, help out there. It's how God works. He speaks to people on ordinary days. And then it says in verse 2, it says there, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush, the burning bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. He did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. An important note there that the text says the angel of the Lord appeared in the bush. The bush was not God. It just happened to be chosen and be used by God. You know, I always thought about the bush. There was nothing special about the bush. Nothing different. What was different or remarkable was what was happening to the bush. You see, God used an everyday, ordinary thing and did something extraordinary to it. Moses must have walked by that bush a hundred times and didn't think anything of it. But it wasn't until God did something extra to the ordinary to make it extraordinary. You see, any old bush would have done any old bush would have worked, as long as it was burnable, as long as it, as if it was flammable. Same way God looks for everyday, ordinary, average people to do great things. If he comes upon it, they become extraordinary. So the first question I have for you this morning as we find purpose from the past is, as Moses, are you willing to be used for God, despite how ordinary and average you think you are? There's many of us that think that we're just ordinary, we're just average. How could we ever make any difference from God? Are you willing to be used by God? Are you willing to take that extra step and be used, to use your gifts, to use the knowledge that you have, the love and grace that you felt to share with somebody else? Are you willing to be used by God? So Moses responded to the bush. He was, he was curious about an unusual circumstance. It made him pause and think. The question is, is, could God be saying to something to you? 
See, Moses recognizes that there's something unusual going on, so it made him pause and think, you know what, maybe this is God speaking. Maybe there's an unusual circumstance going on. So verse 4 says, then the, Lord saw, then the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, and God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. One of the most important words in that verse is when. When. It means at the same time. When did God speak to Moses? The same moment he gave pause. I will go over. I will step aside from my normal responsibilities, my normal everyday routine, and respond and head in a different direction. It's not an easy, easy thing to do. When, we, when we're going to work and we sit by somebody on the bus who's asking questions, who's, who's upset, to stop and pause and think, you know what, maybe I can, uh, I can witness to this person. Maybe God can use me. Maybe there's a, something that comes up in the church. You go, you know what, maybe I can get involved there. Maybe I can serve God there. Maybe I can talk to my kids or my family or someone sick about that. They give pause. See, a lot of people think it's just coincidence. It's just coincidence. It's not. It's God tugging at your heart, saying, you know what, I'm going to use you right here, right now. But are you willing to stop from your responsibilities and respond to that? That's why question number two is, are you looking for opportunities to be used by God, to do something great? You know, a lot of people will say, I want to be used by God. I want to share the same love and grace that he showed me with my family, with my friends, with my coworkers. I want to use the special gift that God's given me to help benefit others. But they don't look for opportunities to do that. Are you slowing down in life enough to listen for God to be used? You know, I never thought that I would be a pastor someday. I went to Geneva College and I was going for cardiovascular technology. That was my major. That was what I was going for. And it wasn't until someone said, hey, Jared, why don't you come and help us out at youth group at Christ Church at Grove Farm? That I stopped to think, you know what, maybe I could be used by God. And then I was here, still thinking I was going to do something else, and someone said, you know, maybe you should go into ministry. And I had to stop long enough to say, you know what, maybe that's how God's going to use me. I'm going to willing to go. It wasn't until Moses stopped and listened that God spoke. But what was his reply? Moses said, here I am. The one word, Hineni, here I am. It's me. After all this time, one thing Moses didn't say is he didn't say, okay, God, that's right. Glad you finally called. I've been preparing all my life for this. Look at my great list of accomplishments, Lord. I'm ready to be used now. No, all he said was, yes, here I am. That's all God wanted to hear. Here I am. God's only looking for his willingness. Here I am. And that's all God wants to hear from us here this morning. When he talks to us, all he wants is for you to say, here I am, God, use me. In whatever way you want to use me. And then look for the opportunities. I remember in seminary, one of my professors, it was heart-wrenching, but he said, don't kid yourself. God's not that impressed with you. And I thought, so true. He's just looking for your availability. Someone that will slow down long enough to be able to say, yeah, God, how, how do you want to use me? Here I am, God. Use me in the, whatever way you want. Is it praying with somebody? Is it witnessing somebody? Is it getting involved, using my gifts? Is it serving my time, talents, my treasures? What is it, God? How can you use me? Just a willingness to go. And then in verse 5, it says, do not come any closer. 
God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The word holy, understand here, really means separated. He's saying to Moses, I want you to separate yourself from everything that you think is human. Everything that you think that you can do. Because what you can do on your own is nothing. What I can do for you is amazing. I need you to separate. I need your undivided attention right now. Then what does he do? He says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses looked at that list and went, wow, superstars. We look at that list and go, man, mighty people used by God. But understand, those guys made bad decisions as well. They were just ordinary, everyday men that God chose to use. Had it not been for God's grace, none of them would have accomplished anything in their life. So God is saying, Moses, I am the God of men who failed. I'm the God of ordinary men who have accomplished great things. It doesn't matter about your past. It's all about your willingness to follow God. This is a tough thing for many of us to hear. Because we look at our past and we go, there's no way God's going to ever use me. You know, when we were walking around camp this week, I loved this because I walked into uh, one of the, the Bible stories. And they were talking about, you know, God using you and be, you, you witnessing to your friends. And it's interesting because this story is actually a lot easier for a kid because they don't have the past that we have. They, they, don't, ha- they don't have a whole list of, uh, of negative things that they've done in life to be able to say, no, I can't do that. You talk to a kid and they go, yeah, I can do that. I can be a great person for God. That's why they sing, they laugh, they cheer, they dance when they're, when they're praising, praising God. Yeah, I want to be used by God. It's a lot easier for kids, but we look at our own past and go, no way God's ever going to use me. Not for Moses. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all men, all ordinary men who failed. But God's grace led them to accomplish many things. So then we get to our passage this morning. It says in verse 7, the Lord says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them out of their land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I've seen the way Egyptians are oppressing them. This verse 7 is a powerful verse. If you look at verse 7. Because if you ever wondered or doubted the way, if God is ever hearing your cry, here it is. Many of us are dealing with so many things in life. Financial issues. Family life. Maybe it's your husband and wife having really a struggle. Maybe it's big decisions. Maybe it's a health thing. And you wonder, why God, have you ever heard my cry? This should bring us such hope. Why? Because it says, I've seen, I've heard, I am concerned. And then in verse 8 it says, so I will rescue. God knows exactly where you are in life. He sees, he cares, he's concerned, he wants to rescue you. Whatever the pain is, maybe it's, like I said, financial situation. Maybe your mother stressed beyond your limits with your kids. He's heard your cry. Maybe you're lonely. He's heard your cry. He wants to rescue you. So then he says in verse 10, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring, bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent me. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So we see Moses, he recognizes, listen, I want to be used by God. 
looking for an opportunity, but then the opportunity comes up, and it, what, what happens? It comes up with all kinds of excuses. We do this so often, don't we? Yes, nobody in here will ever say, Jared, I do not want to be used by God. Nobody will ever, ever say that. You may be looking for opportunities, but when they come, what do we do? We're full of excuses, just like Moses. You know, I was talking to with a gentleman about a month ago, and he really wanted to get involved in ministry. A friend of mine and was telling me, you know what? I really want to be used by God. I really feel like I have some gifts and abilities to be used by God. I'm looking for some opportunities. So I thought, well, that's great. We have tons of opportunities here at the church for you to get involved. So I started rattling off a list. Men's ministry, children's ministry, kids' ministry, youth, greeters, ushers, all kinds of stuff. And I could just see his eyes kind of lit up. And he started to kind of back away. And he said, well, slow down. Uh, Jared, before you sign me up for anything, let me just check my schedule. Let me see when I can be available. Let me see what you're really passionate about before I take that jump. I, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to go that far yet. I don't want to commit yet. It's all about looking for the opportunities, being willing, but not really wanting to commit because of the excuses. So the third question I have for you this morning is, are you resisting or giving excuses when you're called to action? When you have that nudge on your shoulder to go talk to somebody about Christ, do you have excuses? No, no, I can't do that. No, 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 no. Not me, not today. I don't have time for that. I don't have the ability. What if they ask me questions? We do this all the time. This is exactly what Moses did in the story. No different. That's why we can find purpose from the past. After God spoke to Moses about what he wanted to use from him, what does he say? Verse 13 says, Moses says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What's your, what is his name? What should I tell them? Excuse number one. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Most people shy away from talking about Christ with anybody else because they are afraid that they don't have all the answers. What if they ask me? We've done that. What if they ask me a question? I don't have a huge, deep uh, uh, degree in Bible. I don't have a huge base of knowledge about who God is. I just know what he's done for me. What if they ask me questions? I don't have all the answers. So what does God say in response in verse 14? He says, I am who I am. This is what you're saying the Israelites. I am who has sent you, Yahweh. He's the only self-existent, infinite being. I'm all-powerful. Just tell them I am all-powerful. Look at what, you, what, he, what I've done to your life. That's all you need to know. That's all they, that's all they need to know. I'm all-powerful. That's who it is. I know you don't have all the answers, but I'm going to give you the answers. That's why I love last week when we were talking about David, we talked about the spirit of truth will guide you. He will. If God's going to nudge you on your shoulders, he's going to give you a task, maybe to go talk to somebody uh, about your own faith, about how God saved you. He's going to give you the words to say. He will. Then Moses gave a second excuse then. We jump down to chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? So excuse number two is, I, I, I may not have the respect People don't want to talk, use their gifts or, or get involved and talk to others about Christ. because Why? Because they're afraid they're going to look silly. I'm not going to have their respect. What if they mock me? We live in a, a culture where you know, we've got to be politically correct and we don't want to offend anybody. And we've got to you know, save our character and you don't want to lose face with anybody. I may not have the respect. What if they make fun of me? 
you know, some older adults who never wanted to get involved. I always thought in youth, youth ministry that uh, adults were the best people to use in youth ministry. So I know some adults didn't want to be in youth ministry because they were afraid the kids wouldn't like them. But then there were the other adults who, who thought, I don't care whether the kids like me or not. I'm going to just do what God's called me to do. I'm going to have the respect. So what's the, what's the answer? Lord says, in verse 2, Lord says, what's, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground. It became a snake and he ran from it. God said, I, I've already given you the power. Everything that you need in your hand. All you've got to do is be willing to go. Be willing to go where I've called you to go. Be willing to witness. Be willing to get involved in ministry. Willing to serve. Use your gifts, your time, talents, and treasures. That's all because I've already given you the power to do so. Then Moses gave his third excuse. Moses said in verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in this past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow in speech and in tongue. Excuse number three is I don't have the right tools or abilities. You may say, I, I can't, I can't do that. Jared, I can't really go where I'm called to go or get involved or share my faith because I'm not that good at it. I'm not an upfront person. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not social. I'm a little more quiet. I'm behind the scenes. Maybe said, I don't have the right gifts. I don't have the right abilities. I don't have the right tools. I, I, you know what, Jared? I just don't have time. We've heard that one before. I don't have time. Somebody asks you a question. There's a coincidence in your life. Something happens. God presents an opportunity for you. And you say, I, you know what? I don't have time for that. Not today. Not right now. So what's the answer? Verse 11, the Lord says, who gave, you, who, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. God's given us abilities. God's given us everything. Whether it's our, our finances, God's given them to us. Our time, God's given them to us. Our health, to be able to go out and, and, and serve, God's given that to us. I've given you everything, God says. So then Moses gave his final excuse, the one we use often, verse 13. But Moses says, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Last ditch effort. God, he gave all these excuses. They're all rebuttaled. Last one, please, God, just send someone else. Because the excuse is, I'm not as qualified as others. We do this. I am not John Guest. I cannot go witness to this person. I am not Pastor Barry. I'm not as good as he is to be able to go pray for somebody and care for somebody. I can't do that, we'll say. I'm not as qualified. I'm just not. I'm not as qualified as somebody else to, to serve. I don't have as much time or abilities. Lots of excuses. It's funny because Moses, same excuses Moses gives, we give today. Excuse after excuse after excuse. God's only asking us to, to be willing, to be open. You see, the real issue in all these excuses as we come to a close is that Moses didn't really understand his role versus God's role in this process, did he? See, it all goes back to the verse that we read this morning, verse 10. So now I'll go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It's a simple command. Moses says, 
Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God gave him a very simple command, didn't he? He said, I will send you and you will bring my people. Moses thought that God intended him to be the deliverer. Moses was wrong. God never told him that. God told him he would be an instrument of deliverance, is what he said. But God himself would would carry out the plan. Huge difference. In God's plan, God's calling, his plan, he never expects you to carry out the plan. He's going to pull it off. He simply wants you to be available and say, here I am. He simply wants you to be the instrument of action. After all, it's his reputation at stake, not Moses didn't get it. Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, you didn't hear me, Moses. You didn't get the plan. That's not what I said. All I said to you is that you have to be in the right place at the right time and be available. That's all he said. And that's what he's saying to us this morning. He's saying, listen, you just have to be in the right place. You just have to be willing to go. You just have to be looking for opportunities to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do the rest. I'll do the rest. Just watch me work. That's what he's saying to Moses. Just watch me work. Just have faith. Just trust me. I'll take care of it. If I'm going to give you a task, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to give you the ability to carry out. So when you see someone that, maybe you see someone, go back to the example, that maybe needs no Christ. All his excuses, you don't, you just have to be willing. You just have to be available. Take the courage and do it. See, the problem is, is that people face is that oftentimes it doesn't make any sense. It's illogical that we, ordinary, average people, myself included, could do something great. But we don't see things the way God sees them, do we? You know, God says, you look at people, you look at their outward appearance, and you draw your conclusions based on that. Not me. God says, I look at the heart. I look beneath the surface, deep in the heart. I'm looking for very specific qualities of an individual. I'm just looking for someone who's willing to go. Someone who's willing to say, you know what? I'm looking for the opportunity. I'm willing to go. I'm not going to make excuses when they come. I'm just going to go. He looks deep in the heart. That's why when we looked at David last week, just a kid, just a kid. But God saw the king inside the kid long before he was a king. When he looks at Moses, it's the same guy that looks at Moses and says, I see the amazing in the average. And it's the same guy looking at us this morning. You may think that you're ordinary, but he sees the extra in the ordinary. Why? Because any old bush will do, as long as it's burnable. As long as it's willing to be inflamed by God and by used by God. So it's with that that we can definitely find purpose from our past when we look at the life of Moses. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the fact that you use everyday, ordinary, average people like ourselves to be used by you. So Father, I pray that as we hear this message, Father, that we walk out of here saying, yes, I'm willing to be used by you. Help us to be looking for opportunities today as we drive home we go to restaurants or we're out with our family and friends or go to work tomorrow. Help us to be looking for opportunities to be used by you, by you in mighty ways, Father. And when they present themselves, Father, that we don't think of them as coincidence, Father. But that we, we say, this is your calling. 
And we have courage to go, not make excuses there. Father, we praise you for the fact that you can make the ordinary extraordinary, Father. That you've given us the power to do so and that you're with us along the way. Again, Father, I ask that we hear this message and that we are not just hearers of it, but we will be doers of it as well. We ask all this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.